So what is God looking for? If we take a look at uh, Ezekiel 22.30, it says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. We're back in the series, The Heart of Christian Service. The title of today's message is, What Will Make Ministry Worth It All? So what is God looking for? We see in this verse in Ezekiel that God is seeking people to build the wall and to stand in the gap. He's looking for servants, for workers. And uh, there are many, many, many places of ministry that he needs to fill. And keep in mind that each of us, being an individual member of the body of Christ, we each have a job to do. And each one of us is designed by God and given the the resources, anointing, tools, and, and personalities and everything else associated with it to do the job well and to get the job done. And nobody can take our place. Angels can't take our place. I cannot take your place. You cannot take my place. Jesus states that the Father is seeking true worshipers. We see that in John 4, 23. uh, Jesus also tells us that the Father is seeking fruit. And we see that in Luke 13, 7. And these two things, seeking true worshipers and seeking fruit, go hand in hand. For those who commune with God bear fruit for his glory. And don't forget the verse, John 15, 5, which says, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But the statement we want to focus on right now is Luke 19, 10, where it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, God is seeking and looking for worshipers, servers, and fruit bearers. Why? Because he, God is seeking out the lost, and he wants them saved. Back in the beginning of this series, uh, we put forth the definition given by Warren Wiersbe for ministry. Namely, ministry happens when heavenly resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And while the purpose of every ministry is the glory of God, one of the goals of ministry, and this should be the primary goal, is to seek the lost and win them to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, to get the lost saved. And isn't it the salvation of sinners to the praise of his glory? Ephesians 1, 6, 12, and 14 Back in Genesis 3, when when there were only two sinners on the planet, God interrupted whatever he was doing that day and sought them out and tried to bring them back. And I, I, I often think about, I don't know if you have, but I often think about what would have happened had Adam and Eve accepted responsibility for what they had done and 
ask for forgiveness instead of offering the blame to someone else. I often think about that. But in any event, God reached out in Genesis 3 and uh, wanted to bring them back. Jesus came all the way from heaven to seek out the lost and to die for them. The Holy Spirit came and has been here ever since and is trying to help the church seek and win the lost. So, given all of this, we see that it's very important to God to get the the lost saved. So, don't you then think that it ought to be as important to us as it is to God? You see, something will disappear from our ministry when we lose the the sight of uh, trying to get the lost saved. When we lose our burden for lost souls, something will disappear from our ministry. And what will happen is we'll gradually become professional Christian workers. Yes, we do the job well. We don't create any problems. But we never have the blessing of seeing that miracle of the new birth, that miracle that takes place in the lives of people who are lost. And we, we won't see that if we lose our burden for lost souls. And, and what will happen is we will lose the joy of ministry and we'll become like the eldest son in the uh, parable of the prodigal son in uh, Luke 15. And by the way, we're going to be doing a, an in-depth message on Luke 15, on that parable. Uh, it may even turn out to be a series, uh, but it is a very important parable. We're going to look at it from a little different uh, uh, viewpoint. But in any event, uh, getting back to this message, uh, what will happen is if we lose the burden for lost souls, uh, we as ministry, as ministry, as ministry servants will become professional Christians and um, we can then lose the joy of ministry and we'll be just like the oldest brother, the older brother in that parable of the prodigal son. And we'll be so busy working in the field that we won't even know when the lost have come home. And what, what, even worse than that, we, when we do find out that the lost came home, we may not even care. And uh, you may be at this point in time saying, yeah, okay, all this is great and dandy, but my ministry is behind the scenes. I'm not even in con- direct contact with any lost people. So how does this apply to me? Uh, you know, uh, why, why do I need to be uh, concerned with this? And well, the simple thing is, the simple fact is that there is no difference because every God-given and God-empowered ministry is a part of getting the lost saved. Remember, some servants plow, some sow, some water, some reap, but God, it's God who gives the increase. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. So it doesn't matter what you're doing in ministry. It doesn't matter if you're behind the scenes. All you need to do is ask God to, to use you, to use your part of ministry to, to reach the lost people with the gospel. And, and you know what? Think about the, the big picture. Let's, let's look at Sunday morning. 
Yes, the pastor puts forth the message and uh, the praise and worship team, first of all, gets people uh, into the groove of, of getting ready to receive the word of God. The pastor puts forth the word of God. And then at the end, generally, what will happen is uh, there will be a, an altar call and to uh, uh, offer salvation to people. Um, but keep in mind that no matter what part you're playing, you may be out on the cleanup duty early in the morning before service even begins on Sunday morning, cleaning up, setting up, uh, getting the parking lot in shape, getting the lobby in shape, getting the coffee brewed, whatever it is, all these little things make such a big difference when people start coming and arriving to get to the point of the actual worship service. So, Everything you do or anything you do, whether it be visible or not, can have a major impact on what that person that's coming to the campus sees that very first time they're there. I mean, it may be their first time. And even if it's people coming every week, it's still so important because each and every week we have lost people attending church. Some of them week after week after week, never getting saved. But you know what? Your ministry, my ministry, no matter what it is, can play a very important part in bringing those people to the point where they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And not only that, but what about the person that you serve with? How about that person next to you that you serve with for five years? Do you even know whether they're saved or not? You might assume that they're saved. You may not even, you know, give a thought whether they're saved or not. You're just serving with them. And I know me, I mean, nobody ever asked me. Nobody till this day has ever asked me, are you saved? I mean, pure and simple. I mean, all the years of service and everything else, nobody, no pastor, no worker, nobody has ever asked, are you saved? That's pretty remarkable when you get down to it, when you think about it, okay? We just assume that the person next to us is saved. We just assume that they're there and their heart has already been, uh, their heart has already been given to Jesus Christ. But you know what? If you don't ask, you don't know. And uh, many people don't ask. But the, 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 the point I'm trying to make here is that even though you're not out in front, you're behind the scenes, you may be the one that's supposed to get your coworker saved. So don't ever forget that. And if, um, if, if you're burdened for souls, if you're really looking to get people saved and you are sensitive to the way the Spirit of God works with you, you'll be amazed at how God can use you to reach others. It doesn't matter whether your ministry is behind the scenes or not. Your witness for Christ should be lovingly vocal and visible. Um, Warren Wiersbe again, I, I go back to Warren Wiersbe. Um, he talks about um, the joy and excitement in the ministry that he was part of uh, because of the church workers who, who were concerned for the, who had a genuine concern for the lost. They were, they had joyful excitement in their ministry 
And, and that excitement and joy and burden for, for the loss kept them from becoming drudges and be, from, be, from having their ministry turn to drudgery, just like the other elder brother in uh, that parable of the prodigal son. And, uh, and uh, because they had joy and excitement in their ministry, they didn't create problems for everybody else that was serving. And he also mentions, uh, Warren Wiersbe does, that uh, Dr. Oswald J. Smith, who is the founder of the People's Church in Toronto, Canada, he was a writer of many gospel songs and missionary statement, statesman of internal reputation. And he tells a story, or he just tells, makes a statement that when uh, Dr. Smith was addressing missionary conferences, he would often remind the attendees that, and I quote, the light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home, end of quote. And in using that metaphor, Dr. Smith was trying to demolish a serious misconception that hinders the ministry in too many churches, namely, that a big foreign missions budget compensates for a lack of evangelistic ministry at home. Warren Wiersbe goes on to say that we all thank God for the missionary giving of our churches. It's good to win people to Christ where we don't live. But that's no substitute for winning people to Christ where we do live. As Dr. Smith's statement makes clear, the two really go together. But the shining begins at home. So people, if you have a burden to reach lost people, right where you are, you probably have a burden to reach lost people everywhere in the world. Uh, another famous theologian once said that the church exists by mission just as fire exists by burning. So keep in mind that no matter what task God has called you to do, no matter what job he has called you to do, no matter what ministry has he has called you to, you must always remember that your ministry touches a whole world if you're truly serving the Lord. And again, here's a very important point. You may never see how God is using your ministry. You may never see the fruit of your ministry. But that's not important, you see. And you may think that your place in the vineyard is a small one, but it isn't. Again, every job is important to God. Every job where we might think it's small, God thinks it big. So every job is equally important in God's eyes. And guess what? It's all about getting the, save, the lost saved. And that's the bottom line. And you have to keep the, uh, the, the big picture in mind. The vision of evangelizing a whole world for Christ and your ministry at home will be enriched when you do that. When you keep that big picture in mind uh, of uh, that vision of evangelizing a whole world for Christ, your ministry at home will actually be enriched. The importance of what you do isn't measured by press releases. It isn't measured by the accolade you may get. It isn't, uh, it isn't uh, measured by how much media exposure you get or any of that. Okay. 
Um, if we think back in, uh, in, in, and look at Mark 14, 3 to 9 and John 12, 1 to 8, where it's recorded about uh, Mary's act of worship, Mary <clears throat> in Bethany, uh, as, as, as the records show that probably only about 15 people there saw Mary's act of worship when she anointed the feet of Jesus. And actually, 12 of them criticized him her for it. But Jesus said that the message of what Mary did would travel around the world. And it most assuredly has. I mean, we're still reading about it today. But yet, she would never see the fruit of that simple act of worship. And I don't know if you've ever thought of this one as well, but, I, you know, I, I've thought of this, and you may have heard it. Uh, it may, I'm sure you may have heard this before, but one of the, the most, the, the, one of the probably happiest things that could happen to us when we're in heaven is that we meet people that we've never met before, people who came to Christ or are in heaven because of our witness and our ministry. People that we knew nothing about. I mean, really, think about it. How many people are in heaven right now or will be in heaven at the time we get there? And it's all because of our ministry. And yet we've never seen that while we're alive and working here on earth. And again, if we... If we're, if we're doing our ministry uh, to give glory to God with the goal of reaching the, uh, the unsaved, and uh, if we're working for the Lord, what a day it will be when we do see those people. Think about it. I mean, it's, it's very humbling when you, when you can think about being in heaven and People coming up to you and saying, hey, thank you. Your ministry is what got me here. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful thing to look forward to. So again, don't ever under, undermine or under, uh, or ever think that your ministry is small. Don't ever think because you're behind the scenes that you can't reach people. And don't ever think that what you're doing is not important to God because it certainly is. I mean, after all, he called you. He set you up to do the job you're doing. He gave you the uh, responsibility to do it. And what's more, again, is the fact that no one can do it better than you. No one can do the job that you're doing better than you. Uh, so keep that in mind in, in, in every day of your service. Every day of your service. And what about, what about another joy that we will be hearing about in heaven? Okay, what about in Matthew 25, 34 to 36, when he says, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And like all of the people in the parable, 
are you going to be shocked and ask him, Lord, when did we do all that? When did I do all that? And when he replies, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. Wow, what a joy that will be. What a glorious day that will be. And you know what? That's what will make ministry worth it all. God bless.